Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to my video podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I'm Patricia. And for our regular fans, it's great to have you back. The Executive Encore podcast and YouTube playlist is a series of dedicated uh, sorry, sorry, a series dedicated to inspiring women to forge their own paths as they embrace their longevity. I was hearing my own voice coming back at me there. <laughs> uh, in today's episode, I welcome Tammy Adams, who loves to problem solve and inspire and motivate others who are ready and committed to change. Tammy has spent over 30 years in education, right from infant stage to post-secondary. And as a certified coach, Tammy teaches individuals to challenge and conquer their limiting beliefs and their insecurities to create their chosen life. As an advocate, sorry, as an advanced grief recovery specialist, Tammy understands the effects of unresolved grief and how grief can limit our capacity for happiness. Please join Tammy and me as we explore Tammy's perspective on grief and how her specialized grief recovery process supports individuals like you to the other side of their emotional pain that's caused by the loss, a loss of any kind. So Tammy, thank you and welcome for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Patricia. It's nice to be here. It's great, isn't it? Okay. Uh, first of all, like you and I have talked about grief and how sometimes it can really carve a rut into our life, right? Uh, so um, please, from your point of view, what is grief? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's a really good place to start because there is so much misinformation around this topic. As a matter of fact, in our culture, it's the topic that is most off limits to have at any time. So this is a good place to start. So what is grief? Well, grief is, and I stress, the normal and natural reaction to an emotional loss of any kind. So that's the first thing. Um, it is also the conflicting emotions that are brought about when we experience a change in something that was familiar to us. Mm -hmm. Grief, unresolved grief is almost always about those things that we wish had been better different or more, mm. those unrealized hopes, dreams and expectations. And actually, it's a lot about those things that have been left unsaid. So perhaps we said something to someone and we didn't think it was heard. Maybe we need to say it again with someone listening, or maybe we need to say it for the first time and have those those words witnessed. Mm. But here's the other thing I would like the listeners to know. There are over 40 reasons why we grieve. And we are so conditioned to think it's the death of a loved one or perhaps um, a breakup of a romantic relationship. But any change in life can leave us with unresolved grief. Mm -hmm. But having said that, not every loss is left unfinished. The only ones we really need to focus on are those ones that have been left unfinished. And some of those can actually be happy. So I know your audience is, there's a focus of over 60. So we live our entire lives to reach retirement age. And so it's a choice in most cases, we're excited to get there. And, and then when we get there, it just sometimes feels like the bottom has fallen out and we don't know why. 
And for many of us, that's the grieving process. We're grieving the loss of our identity. We're grieving the loss of what was familiar, getting up every morning, stopping for coffee, going to work, having a purpose. And it doesn't mean that moving forward, we don't have a purpose and we can't have a fulfilling life. But the key to really enjoying that is wrapping up the unfinished business of our mm-hmm. career. Hmm. Okay. Something that I, I about when you talk about people who are, say, leaving their executive positions, they've had that title and they've earned that title um, in their career and they're they have stellar careers and then suddenly they do not have that title. So the grieving is also about the loss of their status. Have you seen that in your work? Absolutely. And, you know, a, a segue to that is, uh, which is a really good example, is someone who wins the lottery. Mm-hmm. So for most people who win the lottery, you're going paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. All of a sudden you can have anything you want, anything, right? You've got that financial status, much the same as when you were in the corporate world. But if you don't resolve the change in what was familiar, paycheck to paycheck, to be able to having anything, I think if you look at the stats, you will see that most people who win the lottery sabotage the win Mm -hmm. because they haven't come to terms with that emotional change. So bring it back now to corporate. Absolutely. There's a change in finance. There's a change in your emotions. There's a change in in just your daily routine. And because in our society, we, we encourage people to bury these emotions and distract them and look the other way and for heaven forbid, don't talk about them. Well, they don't go anywhere because the thing with grief is we can't process it intellectually we can't think our way reason our way out of this because grief is a hundred percent emotional and we must wrap up this unfinished business on an emotional level not an intellectual one so again we we step away from this corporate career we go into retirement and then we start trying to analyze why we're feeling depressed or we try to intellectually you know, distract ourselves or convince ourselves we're okay, when really our heart just wants to be recognized and heard. We want to recognize the sadness and the happiness because it's conflicting. We want to recognize all that, process it, complete it, and release it. Because that's the thing about grief. When I do this grief recovery process, I'm not teaching anybody anything new. What I'm doing is helping them to remember what their body already knows. Up until about the age of three, we grieve normally and naturally. And then our well-intended parents, our teachers, our ministers, whoever we is, it is that we look up to, they start to teach us what they know, which is what someone else taught them. And so it's not intentional, but they give us all the wrong tools. So as a three-year-old, we start to look and we start to listen and we start to absorb the experiences we're having. And what we actually do is we unlearn a process that is normal and natural. That was natural. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So you've spoken a little bit about um, unresolved emotions, but could we talk a little more about the impact of unresolved emotions, especially if we live longer? Absolutely. And 
the biggest challenge in these unresolved emotions is most of us are walking around not even knowing or being aware that we have them because again this topic is so off limits and yet if you look at every movie every tv show every novel every play the plot is always driven by unresolved emotion mm -hmm. so you know what they do is they accumulate they bury on top of the next on top of the next and what they do is they can affect our sleep they can affect our eating they can affect our temperament they can affect our ability to focus and here's the big one they can actually affect our capacity to enjoy life yeah. and so as they accumulate and accumulate and accumulate what happens is that ability for us to experience joy starts to decrease accordingly. And there are people that I've worked with who have accepted 20% joy as if it were 100% because they just could not see themselves out of, out of this emotional kind of soup that they're living in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it affects and, every part of our life. Yeah. And, and I can share from personal experience, and my audience knows about this, is uh, there have been times when I've been grieving where it's so deep, the sadness is so deep that I feel like I'm in a rut, that I don't even know what joy looks like. And I, and that's how I try to resolve it. I said, what would it look like for me to have joy? But that's not going to help me. There's some way that I need to get out of that rut and out of that sadness. It gets to be so deep if we do not um, address it in good timing. That that's that has been my experience. Can you share a little more about that, what you've seen? Well, as a life coach, I've spent the last three decades or more in the whole mindset movement, positivity thinking and all that sort of thing. And I still believe in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting it down. But the one part of positive thinking that has never sat comfortable with me until I did give grief recovery and I really started to understand it is in mindset training where to take a negative emotion and automatically flip it into the emotion that you would yeah. prefer to have, right? Yeah. So I'm sad, okay, think of something happy, or I'm stressed, well, think of something relaxing, right? And I could never figure out, there was something about that technique that didn't set well with me, but I didn't know what it was. Well, then when I started doing grief recovery, I realized we're not giving that emotion a voice. We're not allowing it to speak. We're just shutting it down and replacing it with something different. And so now what I say to people is, you know, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling these emotions, first feel them, give them a voice, thank them for showing up. And yes, if they don't continue, like if they continue and don't go to go away, well, obviously your body is telling you there's unfinished business that you need to deal with. But in the daily thing, once you have given them that voice, now you can choose the emotion and you can flip it over. And it's a very subtle difference. Mm -hmm. But instead of, oh, I'm sad, let me think of something happy, I hit the pause button and allow that sadness to have a voice, to be witnessed, to appreciate it 
coming into my awareness. And then in that moment, if I need to, okay, fine, I can replace this with a happy feeling. And if that sadness then goes, well, you know, it was kind of on an acute level, it was a wave of sadness, it came in the past. But how you know, it's grief is it starts looping. We think about it all day long, and we can't stop the loop. And we can't stop it because for most of us, we're trying to paint a room with a screwdriver. <laughs> we, don't, yeah, we don't have the tools. And so I'll say to people, if it's looping, and I guess that's the biggest sign that there's something that needs your attention is if you can't stop thinking about it, it's your body's way of saying, you know, you need to turn your attention to this. We need to resolve it. And the the book, Elizabeth, um, no, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm working with someone with grief, if they have a physical symptom and I pull out that book, almost every single time the physical symptom matches the unresolved grief. Wow. And then I came across another book by Dr. Gabor Mate. Yeah. He's a Toronto doctor. He wrote a book when the body says no. And the big lesson here that I'm sharing is, and you'll probably agree with me, your body starts out by whispering. You know, we got something that we need to take care of. Then it nudges us. And then it's the sledgehammer over the head. And that's usually our body shutting down in some way to say, no, we are not going forward with this until you take care of the path. Fair. Yep, I have <laughs> that. It, it for me, it was critical <laughs> illness, right? And I, yep. I, I see that with a lot of women that yes, we're not working through, uh, we're not completing our past and letting go, and and so there are the consequences actually in our body. So I'd like to ask you, like, what are the benefits of completing our past and letting go? And, and maybe you've spoken a little bit about processing it. Is there anything that you'd like the audience to know today for them to start to complete their past? Maybe a, an example of, uh, of someone who is working through completing their past and, and the benefits of letting go. Well, I think, you know, there's, <clears throat> sorry, there's a couple steps that I would like to share with the audience. And the first one is awareness. So no change can happen in our lives if we're not aware that we want a change to happen. So the first thing is, you know, pay attention to how these emotions feel in your body. Are they really trying to get your attention? And what do you do to distract yourself when you don't want to think about it? Mm -hmm. So it might be, you know, therapy shopping. You might be working longer. It might be another glass of wine. It might be, you know, binge watching Netflix, whatever it is, but to really start to become aware of the things that you're doing to distract yourself from the things that, you know, you don't want to feel. So yeah. those are kind of the first two steps that I would give them. Then the second one is we have been taught in our Western culture that everything is someone else's responsibility. And I really believe personally, that's how we've gotten ourselves in the mess that we're in, because we're always waiting for someone to fix us. When in fact, that's an inside job. No one can fix us. They can support us. They can get us the tools. 
They can walk the journey beside us, but it is our responsibility to take care of whatever it is that's, that's bothering us. So first step is awareness. The second step is taking that responsibility. And then the third one is what, again, what actions are you doing that you're, you're distracting yourself with? And one of the really good ways to uncover that is through journaling. You know, you're journaling and it's bringing your attention to the things that maybe you don't want to see. You're able to express those emotions that you're feeling. Journaling is a really good tool to kind of bring clarity to what it is that needs your attention. But here's the secret. Um, in grief recovery, there are four steps. But one of those four steps is witnessing the healing process. And so even though journaling can be very expressive, you know, we can say everything to that person, say that we want to in the journal. If those words aren't witnessed, it doesn't go anywhere. Oh. And so, you know, from a grief recovery perspective, there are two things, you know, you have to feel to heal. And that pain needs to be witnessed and validated. So journaling is a step, but it's not, I don't know if the word, it's not the cure. I don't know if that's the word I want, but it's the only one that's coming to mind. And then finally, if you find your looping, if you're finding the same patterns are showing up, you know, when I first started on the spiritual journey, people would say to me, you know, you'll have the same experience until you learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. and, right. And again, it didn't resonate. I thought I'm over here singing Kumbaya. And yet you're telling me you're such an idiot. Why can't you get this? Right. But then I found grief recovery and I've put a different spin on that. And now I see those repeated patterns not as lessons that we're unable to learn, but actually there are opportunities for healing that we keep missing. And I can tell you from personal experience, I've done the grief recovery method. I've, I've dealt with my past, which I think as a practitioner is extremely important that you take mm -hmm. care of your own business before you start, you know, helping someone else. But all of the patterns that showed up on, on my graph, when I did the actual program, I haven't repeated one of them mm. since I did the healing, which is just confirmation that, you know, the, the whole grieving process is like the marshal on the runway. You know, the guy with the flags that's yeah. bringing the plane in. It's like, okay, okay, here's another opportunity for us to heal. Oh, and we've missed it, right? <laughs> so, um, I would say if you're looping and you're having those same experiences over and over again, that's the time to reach out to someone who's got the skills and the tools to teach your body how to remember, how to let this stuff go. Mm -hmm. So instead of accepting 20% joy, you can actually step fully into the life that's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So Tammy, um, before we move forward, I don't want to step over this because I think it's really important. You mentioned at the beginning, like grief comes from many different types of losses. And I think when people think of going into grief recovery um, through the process, they would be thinking of some of the big losses such as, uh, such as maybe employment, but maybe the loss of a family member. 
does uh, the program identify something that we could be reading that we're, we haven't quite brought to the surface yet? Yes, that's what the uh, first couple weeks of the program are all about. The first couple of weeks are about um, unlearning all the incorrect information, learning the correct information. So you've got this firm foundation. But then the, the next step in the program personalizes it to everyone going through. And what we do is we identify the losses that you've experienced in your life, mm -hmm. which cover the gamut. You know, mm -hmm. not everybody's going to have 40 losses plus, but it will show the losses you've had in your life. And I teach you how to identify, okay, which ones are, okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I wished it hadn't happened, but I'm okay. Yeah. And the ones that are really draining your energy and leaving you feel exhausted. Because some of those are things we don't even think about. Having a baby, getting married, moving getting a promotion like those are all happy things and choices we've made how could they possibly leave we with unresolved grief but they're conflicting because it's a change in something that's familiar now for your audience especially because there's a focus over 60 what are some of those things well retirement i mentioned that empty nesting moving um i wrote them down so i wouldn't forget um, death, a loss of health, broken friendships or losses oh, of friendship, yeah. right? Um, mm. What else have I got here? I think I said moving. Oh, new beginnings, because this is a new beginning. So yes, even though it's a great thing, there can be can some conflicting emotions that need to be resolved. Pet loss, usually in our 60s. You know, we experience once again, or for the first time, the loss of a companion animal. And one of the things I've learned through grief recovery is many times the loss of that pet can be even felt on a deeper level than the loss of a human. And yet society just like, oh, it was just a dog. It was just a cat, like it's just a bird, right? Get over it kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing is, think about it as you move into your 60s, you might be thinking of downsizing. And I'm not saying downsizing where you're losing your independence, but you might be moving from, you know, the 2000 square foot home that you had when you were in corporate. And now maybe you're going to downsize into a condo. So you've got the freedom to travel and that sort of thing. But you're also losing stuff. And again, you know, those things you've collected along the way can have a lot of emotional triggers to them. And so, you know, in our society, we have been trained to get stuff, but it doesn't matter our education. It doesn't matter our experience. We have very few tools in learning how to process, how to let go. Wow. That, that's an interesting thing. When you think about it, like the popularity of, um, how we're clearing things, but there's still that emotional, there's some things we just can't get rid of, right? So, something that we bought for ourselves when we were a teenager, we can't get rid of that. But, um, yeah. This is sort of a segue into um, the, the next part of Executive Encore and what I call every moment matters. So it's, it's about making every moment matter and it, it does have that, about joy so um please share a pivotal moment when you recognized that moment that mattered that 
and what fulfillment looks like for you? I've done a lot of thinking about this question because I wasn't sure how I was going to answer it. And actually, the, the answer just came to me just now. Oh, in this good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think what I'm going to share is I have always been that person who has wanted to be in service, wanted to support people, wanted everybody to be happy, you know, that that person. And what I realized doing the grief recovery process was that is actually a trauma response. Trying to save the world is a trauma response. And I didn't realize that. I thought I was just being in service to other people. When I went through the grief recovery process myself and I healed my own wounds, what I realized was there is a much, there's a huge difference between trying to fix the world and really being in service to others. And because I've kind of cleared the deck, so to speak, as far as the pain from my past, I can now truly step into that service role where I am 100% focused on my clients and my clients' needs because I'm not trying to somehow find a solution to my pain by helping them through theirs. And the joy that you talk about, the fulfillment, um, the rewards of really, truly helping someone find their own way without any other agenda. And don't don't misunderstand that I had an agenda the first time. I didn't even know I had yeah. an agenda yeah. because it was the trauma that was driving me from to be in this role of service. But there was this attempt to heal myself in that process mm. where today that joy, that ability to step into service to the community and be there, truly be there for someone, knowing that I am 100% focused on them, I would say that's the pivotal moment for me. It, it, I step into this role in such a different way now because I took the time to do that inner work before I stepped into that role of helping them. So that would be my answer. I'm not sure if that answers the question, but that's what came to me in that moment. Well, as you were talking through that, Tammy, I was thinking, yes, that there it is again. Like we we cling on to our status, right? And you went through the inner work so that it's so that you could let go of that status of um service or rescuing people and actually step into who you want to be um, this is your new role rather than your status so that's what i was thinking going through that and i'm sure our audience will go through their own way of listening to what you're saying say oh yeah this, this applies to so many things in my life right like who I am or who I was, and I'm not that person anymore. So I want to thank you for taking us really deep on that. Now, I am going to provide contact information in the, the written notes, and of course, it'll be in the blog and the newsletter that comes out uh, this week. But um, I'd like you to share, Tammy, there's a particular um, link that you would like to share with people. It will be in the notes but tell them about what that questionnaire will will give them. So if you go to my website, Intuitive Understanding, you will find a drop-down menu, <clears throat> excuse me, and there's a questionnaire there. 
And I believe there's about 21 questions and they're just yes, no answers. And, it, you know, you do it privately. You don't have to share it with me. But um, at the Grief Recovery Institute, we believe if you answered yes to one of those questions, you probably have more hidden unresolved emotions than you believe you do. And most people who answer the questionnaire and actually share the results with me usually have between six and 12 yeses to the oh, question. Okay. So it just gives you a, an introductory barometer to, you know, do, do I have any unresolved grief? And the other thing that I like about my website is it's not a sales website. There's a lot of free resources that people can access when they're there. There's videos, there's eBooks, there's yes, the questionnaire, but um, I really invite people to go because it might be that first step in really helping them to identify, do I have unresolved grief? Is there more work or some work that I need to do on this? We will definitely put that into social media as well, like in the LinkedIn post so that people can, can grab that and take a look at that. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today, Tammy. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we close? The, the thing that I would like to close with is thanking you so much for giving me a platform to try to normalize a conversation that people just don't want to have. Grief is normal and natural, and the healing process was never meant to be a destination. We were never meant to be stuck in these unresolved emotions. Um, we were meant to identify and process them and be able to move forward from anything that we had experienced. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you, Tammy. And a heartfelt thank you to my incredible audience and to Tammy's amazing followers who will be watching this video as well or listening to the podcast. Um, as we live longer, we are more likely to experience loss at any one time or another. So understanding and its effects on our happiness is really crucial to finding fulfillment. And this is where your executive encore begins. So please join me live each week or on replays as I dive into captivating conversations with inspiring women like Tammy and other thought leaders. We explore the secrets to personal and professional fulfillment in the face of a longer lifespan. And we delve into the joys of finding fulfillment after 60. Other times we tackle the challenges that we need to navigate uh, the unexpected setbacks. No matter what your age, your gender, or perspective on well-being and fulfillment, please join me as a guest on my show. Let's connect and inspire together. So in the invitation and also information on my website will be in the show notes as well and in the post. And I often refer to my guests, their particular insights, because our ability to share and receive wisdom is crucial in navigating the chaos of unexpected detours and in stabilizing our life to focus on what's fulfillment and self-actualization for us. So thank you again. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you in the next week.